Repodcasting is part of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. Have you ever watched a movie and wondered why they cast that woman or that guy? Well, here's our chance to give it a try. We're repodcasting. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Repodcasting. Today, it's a very special episode. Uh, unfortunately, Janet is not joining me, but we have a special guest co-host, Dan Retson. Welcome, Dan. Hey, thank you. You might remember Dan from uh, his previous episode, The, How the Grinch. Grinch. Yes, of yeah. course. <laughs> um, well, today we actually let Dan choose the movie. Yay! <laughs> so what movie did you pick to recast today? I chose the 1991 classic Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yes. And I was really excited because I was like, whatever, 10, 11 when that came out and wanted to see it, but was not really allowed. It was a little too adult for me and mm. I never got around to it. Oh, so that was the first time. Yes. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it was great. And while watching, I was ecstatic that you picked it because Kevin Costner was terrible. <laughs> yeah, he's terrible. But everybody else is great. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it was really fun, like, kind of looking into the behind the scenes of the movie because, like, I'm a big Alan Rickman fan. Yeah, me too. Yeah, he's great in everything he does. And his story about this movie, I don't know if you got into it at all. No, no. I, I mean, I uh, maybe a little bit. I read a thing or two, but not much. No, no, not in detail. Yeah. So sorry, Kevin Costner. We're going to end up talking about Alan Rickman a lot. <laughs> but uh, he turned down the role of the sheriff twice before he was told that he could more or less have like carte blanche with his interpretation. And that was the only reason that he accepted. Oh, that's I'm glad they let him because that's the reason for watching the movie is oh, the sheriff. For sure. He's so good. <laughs> and then uh, he didn't really like the script, which I think was why he was turning it down in the first place. Mm -hmm. And so he ended up enlisting his two of his friends, comedian Ruby Wax and playwright Peter Barnes, to kind of spice up his dialogue. Uh, that's the one thing I'd heard. Yeah, that he, he like rewrote the dialogue. I didn't realize he'd <laughs> <laughs> got professional writers to help him. But. Absolutely, which was very smart. <laughs> uh, it worked really well. And I think it worked too well because it's rumored that Kevin Costner had some of his scenes cut when he realized that Rickman was upstaging him. <laughs> I'd like to see the uh, the extended version. Exactly, because <laughs> Kevin Costner was one of the executive producers on the film to the point where he was in the editing process uh, along with the other producers, and they essentially like took over the film's editing, locking out editor Peter Boyle. Wow. Yeah. So that can't be good. Although it turned out okay, but I mean, Kevin Costner has a strong filmmaking background, so yeah. better than like I can't think of somebody, but I'm Russell Crowe. I don't know <laughs> some random <laughs> actor being like, "I'm taking over." Right. Right. Well. The director did not agree with you because he was not impressed with what they'd done to the movie. Yeah, yeah, well. <laughs> Which I'm shocked that, like, in all the preceding years, there was no, never a director's cut. Yeah, yeah, because it was a big hit. So you'd think there would be uh, interest in that. Yeah, exactly. So the... Oh, sorry. So why did you choose this movie? Uh, basically because of Kevin Costner's performance, 100%. And uh, it's interesting because that's something I did read about, that the director didn't want him to do an accent. He thought it would, you know, conflict. Mm -hmm. And Kevin Costner actually wanted to do an accent, which could have changed everything if he'd done it effectively. Because it stood out so blatantly that what is this, like, Midwestern dude <laughs> doing in, like, you know, 
what is it, 1100 England? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, for sure. That's why even in, because um, I've seen Robin Hood Men in Tights a hundred times at least, and I had never seen this. Mm -hmm. So it was so fascinating watching this movie where I'm like, oh, they were directly parodying that scene. Oh, yeah. they were directly parodying that scene. <laughs> yeah, because they came out very simple. Like Robin Hood Men and Tice was only a couple of years after that. So. Exactly. Um, and there is a line in that movie where he says, unlike some other Robin Hoods, I can speak with an English accent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which was a direct shot at Kevin Costner. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, oh, about the accent. Costner claims that he was initially asked to use an accent, hired a dialect coach, but it was stopped because he did it very poorly. And that's why the oh. director didn't want him to. <laughs> so the director was like, no, no, no. It's better to do your your Bull Durham accent. Please, yeah. Dances with Wolves. <laughs> but like, it's just because he was so horrible. Yeah. Oh, man, you'd think with a coach, like, he'd be, he would have been able to do that. I know. It's pretty... But I mean, Costner doesn't have a crazy range if you look at his Thank you. <laughs> filmography. That's okay. So while watching the movie, I not only was I thinking Kevin Costner is wrong for this role, I was thinking Kevin Costner's not a very good actor. Yeah. He's good in, in like the, the, the like, you know, short little tiny window that he fits into, which is honestly it is defense. Those are basically all the movies he chooses. <laughs> yeah. Because I hadn't seen that much of his filmography. But I thought he was fine in Field of Dreams. Yeah, Field of Dreams, Dances with Wolves, although, you know, it's problematic for other reasons. But <laughs> but um, Tin Cup was great because, you know, golfer, Midwestern guy, perfect. Sure. And he was good as Clark Kent's father in uh, Superman. Oh. In, uh, I forget which one. Man of Steel. Okay. I never saw that one. Oh, okay. That's nice. I'm glad you got that. Too. And again, that Smallville <laughs> farmer, Midwest. I mean, it's right. perfect. He, he has a very specific... <laughs> <laughs> that's what he can do yeah <laughs> well going through like kind of his filmography around this time he was huge he was oh, the lead in everything biggest that actor in the world he yeah. was he was the number one earning actor that year dances with wolves had come out the year before him was just okay. huge and he won at least one oscar for that at least one yeah. yeah and he was he was the movie i mean like right i think it was his entire force that got that movie made yeah. And he was the director too, right? I think the director was the same director as oh. this one. Maybe. Oh, okay. And that's one of the reasons he wouldn't do this movie unless that director was the director. Oh, interesting. Because yeah. it seems like they didn't end up getting along very well on this movie. Yeah, exactly. This was the, <laughs> this was the end of the romance. Yikes. <laughs> okay. Um, well, the box office for this, I mean, as you said, it was a big hit. It had a $48 million budget, and its worldwide gross was $390 million. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Even yeah. today, that's a lot of money. Absolutely. So, yeah, this was a giant hit. I mean, good for them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to give the listeners a little synopsis? Oh, yeah, okay. So, uh, Robin Hood, Prince and Thieves was a kind of a like a break from the traditional Errol Flynn Robin Hood of like the devil may care kind of guy, which was basically that was Robin Hood in every incantation of Robin Hood. And they've made a lot of Robin gets made like every three years kind Yikes. of on a cycle. Like I think Russell Crowe did it and then somebody else did it after that. Like, mm. but nothing, nothing's actually been huge since this one. Right. And this was the, the transition into the concept of Robin Hood being more realistic and more like, well, let's tell the story of this crusader kid that went off on the crusades with King Richard and uh, 
then becomes disillusioned and returns and then realizes that in Richard's absence, you know, kind of like corruption has taken hold of different areas, specifically of Nottingham and the Sherwood area. And he comes back to find his father has been murdered by this corrupt band of people, presumably led by the sheriff. Something I really liked actually was they got rid of King John entirely, Mm -hmm. which I think is like wise because what does King John, the King of England, really care about what's going on in this tiny little Nottinghamshire area? You know, like he's going to be like a bit part at most in reality, even Mm -hmm. if he was this corrupt king. And actually history accounts suggest that he was actually a better ruler than Richard, who was only obsessed with fighting and going off to crusades and stuff. Interesting. Yeah. But anyway, so like they focused on just this like local story of the sheriff of Nottingham and the sheriff who was like in charge and sort of getting everybody on board with his corruption, whatever it may be. And Robin Hood's father resisted and they burned down his castle. This is where Robin Hood shows up and he comes back with Morgan Freeman, who was Moorish and, you know, like a a victim also of the Crusades. And apparently uh, Robin Hood had saved his life. So he came with him to try and repay his debt. And so, I mean, that's a nice character. It might be, it might suffer from a bit of stereotypical, you know, casting but it's mm-hmm. nice to see that they try to add some diversity into it and actually give that piece of the story the other side of the people who suffered from all these people just showing up at their doorstep trying to kill them yeah <laughs> in the crusades yeah there is um shoot i should have written it down it's like i don't know if it's a blogger or a youtuber or somebody but who's like well respected who is muslim and he talked about the portrayal of morgan freeman's character and yeah. he actually praised it yeah it was good it was good because it showed him as intelligent exactly and it showed him as like actually much more intelligent especially the yeah. scene with a uh the monoscope right? yeah with a tele like just like a a looking glass yeah. i guess and he makes it and then like kevin costner looks through it and it tries to kill the people who are right in front of him and morgan freeman's like you're an idiot guy <laughs> <laughs> but but um Anyway, so the story proceeds and, you know, the, all the regular beats are there. There's Maid Marian and there's his band of merry men. And they're, they're all made a little bit more realistic, I think, in this. than And it's less happy-go-lucky. And uh, they show off against the Sheriff of Nottingham. And, um, you know, it's a, it's from that point on, it's, it's pretty much a straightforward kind of action period piece. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I was surprised by, because I haven't seen a lot of adaptations of Robin Hood, but I was surprised in a good way that... Made Marion hated Robin Hood to begin with. <laughs> yeah, the little boy that used to pull my hair. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she just thought he was like an arrogant jerk. <laughs> yeah. Which he kind of is still. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like he's like the um the maturation of a arrogant jerk noble <laughs> yeah. boy. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, okay, well let's take our first ad break and then we will come back and get into the, our, our recasting choices. This episode of Repodcasting is brought to you by Park Power, your friendly local utilities provider in Alberta, offering internet, electricity, and natural gas with low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. In Alberta, you get to choose who to buy your internet, electricity, and natural gas from. If you choose Park Power, you are choosing a positive local business. Plus, Park Power shares its profits with local not-for-profits that are working to make a difference in their communities. Shopping local is very important to Park Power's owner, Chris Kozowski, and we love local here at the Alberta Podcast Network, so it's a great fit. Learn more at parkpower.ca. And now back to the show. And we're back. And Dan, since this was your pick, why don't you go ahead with your recasting first? Ah, this is, this is the time. <laughs> um, okay, so 
This is a, it was really tough for me. And I realized why they went with Kevin Costner, actually, when I started looking into it. At that time, British actors, and specifically British actors in, like, action roles, were crazy rare. I didn't realize, you know, like... Hugh Grant is maybe as close as you could get. And it's like, I don't really think he would have pulled it off. <laughs> he's not really an action star from my memory. <laughs> yeah, no, no. And he's actually transitioning into that, I guess, with the gentleman and his work oh, with sure. Guy Ritchie. But even then, he was just kind of a smarmy guy. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't really the action hero. Like, there were no Tom <laughs> Hardys of that time, right? Like, there was no British dude that that could really, like, kick butt. Yeah. And um, What was I suppose, James Bond at this time? Well, there was Sean Connery. And at oh. that time, probably Pierce Brosnan. Oh, okay, okay. Or maybe that was just before oh, Pierce Brosnan. It was just before, yeah. It could have been Timothy Dalton. And Timothy Dalton was, although I love him now, it took a long time to come around to him. You know, like at, at the time, I don't think Timothy Dalton was a successful action hero. Right. He might be today uh, if he'd come along. Cause, yeah. Because, you know, I, I have a much better appreciation for him now than I did when I was 12 years old and like <laughs> just loving Jean-Claude Van Damme and stuff, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, tell me you picked Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> I wish I had now, actually. I wish I had. I saw that accent and I doubled down. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he, he would have been awesome. I, I kind of wish I had done that now. But uh, no, I actually want it to like write the wrong. I, I want it to yeah. quantum leap this and I want <laughs> to go back and do write the wrong that had been done. But that was a hard thing to do. And at first, so I started going through all the uh, characters, you know, all the people. I And I, I looked, first of all, about like the highest grossing actors, because that was one of the things about this movie. They needed Kevin Costner's star power. Yeah. Right. Like it. Because it was a huge hit because of him, which is strange because he wrecks the movie, but <laughs> he made the money. So I kind of had that in the back of my mind that you you need it to have a huge star yeah. because they wouldn't have cast somebody else. I mean, I guess I could have ignored that and that, and that would have been fine too. And in fact, my first choice would have kind of ignored that because I think it would have been the best. Okay. It would have made the best movie. My first choice was Daniel Day-Lewis. I thought oh, yeah. this guy would have just, because he's... He's kind of a cheat code for this podcast, I feel, because he's never he done do a bad everything. role. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. He can really, he could do an action movie. He can do a drama. He can do like a gay guy. He can do like uh, the IRA, whatever. He can do my left foot. He can do, you know, like yeah. he, he literally, he can do anything. So, but I didn't think the thing he, I thought he couldn't do was he couldn't bring the audience in, you know even though he would have made like the best movie, especially at that time. Cause since then he's done some bigger hits, you know, with gangs of New York and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Now he can draw them in. But yeah. In 1991. At that point, he was just kind of like this amazing actor, but he was doing more artistic stuff. Like in the name of the father, it was my favorite movie of all time, but it, oh. it didn't, you know, it wasn't a commercial hit. No, it wasn't a blockbuster. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, so that's fair. Getting down to it, I just like my criteria and everything. And I thought, you know what? It didn't have to be somebody British. It just has to be somebody who could do a British accent. Mm-hmm. And I think an actor, any actor, <laughs> other than maybe Kevin Costner, could have done that. <laughs> so I thought, I think Val Kilmer would have been perfect. Oh, <laughs> that's a good choice. Yes. Val Kilmer could do a British accent. Yeah, sure. of course he could. The dude can act. He did <laughs> yeah. Doc Holliday and Tombstone. And that was like... Totally perfect. And he did, uh, you know, like Top Gun had already come out. So yeah. he was big. Mm-hmm. Uh, Willow had come out two years before that, okay. which really set like 
he's British and he's a swashbuckling guy. It's like, <laughs> you're like, we know we can do it. Nice. <laughs> and he got lead billing in Willow instead of... Um, the... Warwick Davis? Warwick Davis, yeah. Yeah. Of course, yeah. Warwick Davis should have had the lead because he was clearly the star of that movie. Okay. But they wouldn't give him the lead because they knew it wouldn't draw the audience in. And so they gave it to Val Kilmer. Wow. And so... It totally shows that Val Kilmer was had the star power. Yeah. You know, and, and he was the type of person Hollywood would bank on to bring, especially at that time. Because, I mean, he was just about to get Batman, you know. And, yeah. And that would have probably been a better choice had oh, he done this. That. Actually, he did The Doors the same year, which I oh, thought, okay. oh, that might not. Because he loved The Doors. I, if you watch the movie Val that just came out, he was obsessed with getting that role and doing it perfect. Mm-hmm. And so I thought... Oh, to his might... detriment, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. But, yeah. But I know he would have passed it up to do a Robin Hood movie, but maybe The Doors came out at the beginning of 1991, <laughs> and this was at the end of 1991, sure. and and it all would have worked <laughs> out great. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good pick. He would do such a good job. I kind of went the opposite, because I agreed that clearly Kevin Costner is there for the star power to bring the butts into the seats, as we always say. Yeah. And I could not find someone at that same level who was British. I was looking for somebody British yeah, as it's, well. Yeah, that's impossible. I tried. It's, yeah. It doesn't... It Absolutely. So I said, you know what? I don't care. I'm just going to pick somebody who I think would do well. Okay. And the movie probably would have tanked, but that's all right. Yeah. Or maybe it would have, you know, had a slow growth and just been like Titanic. Who knows? Right, right. <laughs> so my first choice, and I think for anybody who knows me well, this is going to be obvious because I've already mentioned him. I loved Robin Hood Men in Tights so much oh, yeah. that while watching this, I was like, Carrie Elwes would have been perfect. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of We've course, The Princess Bride. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He has the swashbuckling attitude as well. He's also just got charm that I felt like Kevin Costner was lacking. Like Because to me, when Kevin Costner is trying to kind of like make witty jokes or whatever he just comes across as a dick yeah <laughs> and i feel like carrie elwes saying the same things would have come across as charming yeah because he has a british accent <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> definitely so yeah he was my number one choice i thought of him like pretty early on and i couldn't think of anybody else so for anybody who hasn't seen robin hood men in tights he's also in the saw franchise i don't know if he's in all of them but definitely in he the was first the first one. one yeah okay i think he was the, the, the saw guy wasn't he the bad guy yeah, yeah. So, spoiler for saw sorry <laughs> um, and then he was also he had a small role in stranger things for anybody who's seen that yeah he was the mayor of the town he was was also uh yeah he was the mayor of the town in stranger things mm -hmm. oh wow yeah man and um stranger things really like just pulled those 1980s strings like crazy eh? yeah they got him <laughs> matthew modine like paul yeah. riser but they just... did it well oh, i've seen nostalgia well. done terribly and stranger things actually did it well <laughs> stranger things is like runs on nostalgia that's yeah that's what powers that show <laughs> and well though you're right yeah Oh, he was in that Morgan Freeman um, where he played the bad guy and kiss, kiss the, the girls. girls. Yeah, kiss yeah. the girls. I went to see that movie because I was such a big fan of his already, and then he's barely in it. So pretty early again, spoiler for Kiss the Girls. Pretty early on, I was like, oh, he's the bad guy because yeah, yeah, we're yeah. barely seeing him, but he was out <laughs> on the interview circuit promoting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's always the like. It's always so funny when Hollywood tries to do the secret bad guy because it's like, oh. That guy's a big star and he's got a small role. Secret bad guy. Absolutely. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> um, but so, you know, I also wanted to pick a, a second choice because Carrie Elwes was very young. He was 29. He had not done much at that time. Hmm. Um, was uh, The Princess Bride before that or after? Yeah, it was before that. That was in the okay. 80s. But 
like in between there, like he hadn't done a lot. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't been a super active actor in yeah. his career. He just does a movie every so often. Yeah. He seems maybe selective. Not sure. <laughs> yeah. But I love uh, him. He, I think oh, he would have killed that role. And it would have been interesting to have seen him been given the chance to be like an action star leading man. Yeah. To see if that could have led him in a completely different direction. For sure. And you know what's interesting? So I had picked him while watching. And then when I was looking up facts about the movie, he was offered the role. Uh, no way. He was. He oh. turned it down because he thought the plot was too contrived. <laughs> well, in, in his defense, uh, if Alan Rickman had not been in that movie, it might have... Uh, the holes in the plot probably would have seemed a lot bigger. Yeah. And <laughs> I got to say, I think the chemistry between him and Alan Rickman would have been delightful. Oh, amazing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That would have been the perfect movie. Yeah. But, I mean, like, Alan Rickman made them rewrite the script, basically. Exactly. Uh, like you said, to, to be able to do the movie. So I think this movie actually had a lot of you know, serendipity helping it along. For sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So then I was looking at other actors, other British actors around that same time. And I landed on Rafe Fiennes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd been who's great. great. He can do anything. Like that yeah. guy is just awesome. But he also, at that time, had not done much. No. Uh, Schindler's List was two years later. And yeah. that was really when he became yeah. a household name. And then The English Patient was his next big thing, I think. Or maybe that was before. I think it was the after. English Patient would have been around the same time. But yeah. I don't remember. It might have even been the same year. Yeah. And I mean, like, but that, that movie wouldn't have, like, made you think... Oh, action star. No, not at all. For <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, and then, of course, he's also in the Harry Potter series. Mm -hmm. And, you know, ever since around that time, like 90, probably around 93 is when he started, like, really making a name for himself. And he's been, you know, working ever since, leads in all kinds of things. Like, he's just an excellent actor. And maybe this could have been his start. Yeah. <laughs> there were there were a couple others that I, like, um, I also tossed around when I was thinking about it that I thought would do great, but like for other reasons, you know, I just thought, sure. well, maybe not, maybe not, maybe not. I thought, um, so a couple names, one was Mel Gibson. I okay. thought he would have been <laughs> great. And especially at that time, like lethal weapons and all, like how much fun was he Mad Max? And then I thought, but he's a horrible human being, so I can't choose him. <laughs> well, I love that you picked him because he said he was offered the lead, but turned it down because he had just done a period movie. Hamlet the year before. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, they had clearly thought of him as well. Yeah. I mean, because he's like super charismatic and... Huge star. British adjacent, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like he could have uh, pulled off the accent. <laughs> but yeah, he's just... He's a horrible human being. So you can't you can't throw him anything that would have helped his career. No. Yeah. yeah let's leave that out. <laughs> and then the other one I thought I really wanted, but again, I, I kind of cut them out because I thought... For the reason of Blockbuster. I, I would love to see Gary Oldman in that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That would be interesting. Gary Oldman, I mean, I don't want to recast Alan Rickman, but he would have been good as the sheriff, yeah. too. <laughs> well, there's three There's three British guys that can play every bad guy. Gary yes. Oldman, Alan Rickman, and Jeremy Irons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you take those three British guys, the, they can be the bad guy in literally any movie, and it would be better. Yeah. True. <laughs> <laughs> while, uh, while watching Robin Hood, we got inspired and watched Die Hard immediately after. <laughs> oh, right on. Because he's so good in that. <laughs> so good. Like, he really... I know that that's a movie that made Bruce Willis an action star. Mm -hmm. But Alan Rickman is the star of Die Hard, as far as I'm concerned. Definitely, definitely, yeah. definitely. <laughs> like, like Bruce Willis is there to get blown up and to get, you know, bloody and hurt. Yeah. And Alan Rickman is there to actually say lines and act. <laughs> <laughs> 
pretty much. Um, okay. So the other thing that like I cannot let pass without mentioning is, uh, so it's set in the 1100s, as you were saying, made in the 90s. And Kevin Costner has the most epic mullet I have ever seen. I know. <laughs> it's pretty awesome, actually. <laughs> it is the 80s hair to end all 80s yeah. hair. And it was 91, so he should have known better by that point. But. I know. <laughs> definitely. I think uh, it was like he was trying to keep stuff going because it was yeah. definitely receding at that point. Like, I think, <laughs> so I think Kevin Costner made it bigger. Was, he strikes me as the type of person that... That lets things go slowly. You know, yeah. <laughs> he holds on a bit too long. <laughs> Definitely. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I'm just kind of going through my notes, but we've kind of mentioned everything already just as we were going along. Um, I do want to say a couple of other, like, potential other casts that could have happened, which was Johnny Depp turned down the role of Will Scarlet. Oh, you know what? I love Johnny Depp, would have loved him, but like, I kind of love that Christian Slater was in this. Like, Me too. He's so underrated. He And he just does a great job. I know. It's like, if only Kevin Costner had just looked sideways and been like, oh, there's an American guy doing a great British accent. Yes, he did it fine. <laughs> oh my goodness, absolutely. The part where, like, he says he's his half-brother, that's yeah. not part of Robin Hood lore, right? No, they made that up, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that Could was be wrong, quite but... the twist. Yeah, I think... <laughs> Yeah, I don't think it was. I think that that was just this movie. Mm -hmm. And then a couple of the potential Maid Marians that we could have seen. Robin Wright was the original choice. So they were really going Princess Bride. They were like, you know, this has worked before. This (laughs) accidentally wasn't the Princess Bride. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, the only reason that she turned it down is, I think the only reason is because she was pregnant at the time. Um, And then there's like, ton of other actors actresses that were considered elizabeth hurley patsy kensett nicole kidman matilda may ali sheedy amanda pays jolie richardson and sophie marceau are the names that i found and like there's been a handful of other times when we're talking about recasting movies that this happens where you just have this massive list of actresses considered for a role and i want to credit janet now because she was definitely the one who has said it before where it's like like people it's like they don't know how to write for women. They don't know how to cast women. So they just like throw the spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. Uh, they just like yeah. check everybody out and like. I yeah. mean, I can't imagine Ali Sheedy. Uh, like that doesn't make sense. It doesn't compute. I mean, great Absolutely. actress. <laughs> I, I loved her in lots of stuff. I didn't see her in a pure. Like, the, yeah. uh, by the way, the Meg Marion they found was great. I don't even know her name, but she's wonderful. Yeah, it's Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio. Oh, and, yeah, okay. She's great. Yeah, yeah, she's a super job. And all those names were like, what? <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah, Nicole yeah. Kidman might have been fun. I yeah. can see her pulling it off. Elizabeth Hurley in 1991? Yeah, well, what was she even? I don't even who? know if she was an actor at that yeah, time. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but yeah, I can't picture it. And then there was another potential sheriff of Nottingham, I guess, because Alan Ripken kept turning, kept turning him down. down. Uh, and that was Richard E. Grant. Oh, I love him. Me too. So that would have been good too. <laughs> yeah, he would have he would have done just fine. But yeah. again, it wouldn't have been the the star power, I suppose, that Alan Rickman had at that point. For sure. Yeah. Especially as a bad guy. Like Alan Rickman is your bad guy after Die Hard. It's just like Yeah, definitely. And so the other thing I wanted to mention is that this was the second highest grossing film of the year, only behind Terminator Two. Huh. So good for them. Yeah. Yeah. It was a massive hit, which is interesting because since then, and maybe because this did really well. Yeah. Like you were saying, like there's been Robin Hood movies every few and years. They fail. And they try the same um, formula. 
Yeah. They won't go back to the Errol Flynn, which I think is the mistake. Right. You need to make Robin Hood like the Disney's Robin Hood with the fox, because how many people love that movie is perfect. People still talk about that movie, and it is 40-something years old. Yeah, it's fun. (laughs) They need a fun Robin Hood. Yeah, that's true. It's all this realism, you know, like Guy Ritchie's King Arthur realism thing. Yeah, that did not do well, right? Didn't do well at all. And and I think the whole reason is because of the, uh, you know, because people kind of want these stories of swashbuckling fun people to be swashbuckling and fun. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's an adventure movie. Let's have an adventure with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so uh, in 2012, Kevin Costner sued the producers over unpaid profits, which oh. like that's 20 years later, more than 20 years later. Kevin likes his money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In 2012, how are his finances doing? Maybe that's why. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Well, The ratings for this movie on IMDb, this has a 51%, which is pretty low from 25 critics. I don't think it's good. I feel like Kevin Costner is the only reason people hate this movie. I agree. Rotten Tomatoes, 52% from 56 reviewers. So yeah, like critic wise, it is uh, not very liked. Um, I, I think that, yeah, this movie definitely has problems. Has problem. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But like, other than that, I think it's a decent movie. It's really entertaining. Yes. So I guess it really is because of him because 50% feels a little too low. Yeah. But anyway, why don't we uh, take our second break and then we will come back for our final segment. Repodcasting is brought to you by Pod Power. With Pod Power, our sponsors are making it possible for us to amplify the voices of Albertans and Alberta podcasters. This episode... Edmonton Community Foundation is helping us give a pod power shout out to Is This For Real? Is This For Real is a podcast about various facets of Black life in Edmonton. In the first season of the show, Breaking the Blue Wall, host Omar Salifu explores anti-Black racism and policing and tells stories about policing in schools, accountability in Alberta's policing system, and the impacts of police violence on Black Edmontonians. You can listen to the podcast and read more about each episode at isthisforreal.ca. You can also support the work of these podcasters and future seasons on Patreon. And now back to the show. And we're back and it's time for... Come on. Hold me close, young Tony Dancer. That intern is definitely going to be fired. (laughs) It's time for Hold Me Close, Young Tony Danza, the segment where we cast Tony Danza into one of the roles in this movie. And I found this really fun. I don't know about you. I can imagine Tony Danza showing up at any point in this movie is just the most ridiculous thinking. (laughs) Like, just like, I just imagine him like leaning out and waving, you know, like like with with a kind of like a silly fast queen's wave like <laughs> yeah i definitely can't picture him doing a british accent as much no, as i love him <laughs> never it would be the only person who'd be less successful than kevin costner so you didn't cast him as robin hood no no <laughs> <laughs> where uh, where did you decide to put him in this movie oh okay so tony danza like you said same exact thing as you i just thought this is this is so silly i'm trying to fix one problem and now i'm forced to make the most heinous problem in the world i didn't call it a problem (laughs) (laughs) i would love it (laughs) okay so so but i did think that you know like this is gonna just it's like the alfred hitchcock cameos how he always tried to get them in more and more and more at the beginning because they would take people out of the movie and i'm like this is taking people out of the movie so 
I had a, a few things. I thought, you know, you put him in the scene, put him in as one of those people getting his hand cut off in the original in the <laughs> scene. In the, in Poor Tony. The, I know. <laughs> in, in the, and I thought, yeah, that, that works. He'll just do that. There he was stealing a loaf of bread. Okay. He could have been the brother, made Marion's brother who gets, gets a uh, shot. Perfect. Um, <laughs> okay. So you're basically giving him like a cameo. I would think a cameo. And then I also actually thought as the, there, okay. So I thought two cameos. I thought, King Richard, uh-huh. there you go, Sean Connery, like sorry, Tony Danza shows up and everybody's like, yeah, although apparently they wouldn't cast John Cleese, who had that role before Sean Connery, oh. for that exact reason, because they thought he'd show up and everybody just start like going laughing as oh. the movie ended. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but, uh, sorry, I, I'm going off on this because I, but okay, so like the one thing was uh, that I thought he could actually be in the movie is the priest that's like the not Friar Tuck. Oh, okay. But the priest. Like the bad the, priest. The bad priest <laughs> because I thought, you know what? He could have been he could have actually been Italian because, you know, the Pope could have sent him there and there could sure. have been a deal or whatever with the, you know, some backroom thing with Prince John giving giving these Catholic and, and I'm like, oh, so there we deal with the accent. I like it. I like it. That's good. <laughs> actually, I like that you Picked King Richard as well, because in 1991, Tony Danza would have been like in his 50s. No, sorry, that's way too late. In his 30s? <laughs> um, maybe 40s. Um, and then Sean Connery was 61 when he played King Richard. But if you're actually talking about King Richard at that time, he was 37. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because he went to go, go and kill people and fight yeah. in battles and stuff. Exactly. So Tony Danza is actually a more appropriate choice for King Richard than Sean Connery in some ways. <laughs> As for me, I had no problem with him coming in and not using a British accent and, and just, just being, being Tony, Tony Danza. Tony! And, <laughs> and I actually think he would have been a really fun Little John. Yeah, okay, sure. If you're going to go, go all the way. Exactly. Because the Little John in this movie is kind of forgettable. Oh, poor little John. And I can't even say his name because I forget it. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, that's a very good point. Um, And, yeah, I just, like, I think that Tony could, like, again, apart from the accent part, I think Tony could do that role. He'd be really fun. Yeah. He'd have that fight with Robin Hood and, like, he's very... He'd actually play off him maybe better because, like, you know, they are kind of like a duo, you know? Like, (laughs) they're... They're Riggs and Murtaugh, you know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And yeah, I just, I think he would have, it would have been a more fun role. And that's what we've been saying throughout this whole episode is that that's what this movie's missing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's too, it's too serious. And in fact, I think that was like a a shock and that's why it was such a big hit because Mm -hmm. it, it veered away so much from the fun that Robin Hood usually is. Right. But like since then, people haven't realized that without, you take away the shock factor of that. And it's just not fun. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so time to go back to the fun Robin Hood. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Well, that I have gotten through all of my fun facts and notes and everything uh, about this movie. Dan, do you have any closing comments? Um, no, it's been a, a blast to be here. Thank you very much for inviting me on the show. And, uh, you know, maybe we can get this movie remade. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Awesome. Well, uh, if you want to find Repodcasting on any of the social media stuffs, we are at Repodcasting on everything. And if you want to send us an email, um, send us your own recasting choices. You can do that at repodcasting at gmail.com. Dan, thank you so much for joining me. This was a lot of fun. Thanks.
and we'll see you next month. Oh, uh, I guess I should tell you what movie we're doing. Oh. Um, so next month, Janet has chosen the movie, and it will be Leap Year from 2010, starring Amy Adams and uh, a guy whose name I forget. <laughs> so watch Leap Year. It's on Netflix, and join us next month. Bye.